For too long, the fertility market has been bewildering, overwhelming, and frankly, I think has downright ignored the needs and difficult experiences of the people they're supposed to be serving. Ovum has made it their mission to change this completely. Now, I am extremely choosy about who I promote on this podcast because I'm very protective of my listeners and audience, which is why you've probably only ever heard one spoken ad like this before. So it's with complete confidence, excitement and pride that I can share this amazing company with you. Ovum care about you, truly. From creating products to support conception and fertility that are designed by doctors and backed by the latest science without cutting any corners, from adding access to meditations I've personally written and recorded inside their pregnancy test boxes, Ovum is founded by individuals who've navigated infertility themselves. I really couldn't be more proud to partner with them and tell you about them. Ovum is driven by the belief that everyone who is trying to conceive deserves better, and I am 100% behind this ethos. So head over to startwithovum.com and use code LIFERAFT10 for 10% off their tests and supplements. Hello and welcome to episode six of the TTC Life Raft. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with me. And since the last episode, it's been Fertility Week in the UK, which has been pretty extraordinary to be so involved with it. I've never been in this industry as I seem to have become over the last 10 months since I started doing all of this and all of a sudden I've just found myself completely immersed and totally and utterly fascinated and and just so passionate about this industry and I I don't think I'm going to be leaving it anytime soon so I'm just really grateful that so much is being done around it and Fertility Week was amazing and I must say thank you very much to the wonderful IVF Babble who let me speak at their wonderful pineapple ball at the Science Museum which was such an honour and I've put a link to the speech that I did on my IGTV and also on my website so if you want to go and listen to me chatting for four minutes um, in a very echoey large room on a, with a microphone go and have a, a listen and I was wearing this nice kind of like satiny dress which I love but it it ended up like clinging all around my legs which was not the look I was going for so that's all I was thinking about when I was doing this speech <laughs> it's my my very my very clingy dress anyway that was a, a huge honor so thank you so much to IVF Babble for that and we also had the fertility show uh, at Olympia and I spent the whole day there on Saturday mostly just talking as is my want with everyone I could pounce on so I thought I would share a little selection of the chats that I had because I realized that it was a lovely melting pot of fertility wisdom which I could bring to you so here's a selection of the of the talks that I had with people so my name is Andrea I'm the founder of infertile life and we help people improve their health for fertility and that's mental health physical health exactly yes so my top tip I would say uh, infertility can be very isolating people don't talk about it so I would say you need to seek support And support can come in many ways. So your clinic might offer you counselling. You can also get professional support. But there's a new range of support that is quite unique, which is in social media. So Instagram and places like this podcast can provide 
enormous support that is unexpected, completely different to to professional and the rigid type of support that people are used to getting. So getting all these kind of uh, support and help can be really, really helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much. So I'm Barbara Scott. I'm chair of the Association of Reproductive Reflexologists and um, I'm speaking later on this afternoon. So um, we're here because it provides us with a wonderful opportunity to actually explain how and why reflexology works and how it may be of benefit to um, patients as part of their fertility journey. So what are your, what's your top tip? So my top tip is always go back to basics. And the reason I say that is because we see so many patients who have got very long and complicated journeys and they may have been through several rounds of IVF, they may have had several miscarriages and the heartbreaking thing quite often is the relevant basic medical testing has not been carried out. And not only that, one of the very important things for women is that the menstrual cycle hasn't been looked at and we're also absolutely passionate about working with men and quite often we find is that there are some uh, fairly straightforward tests that men can have that will tell us an awful lot of information about what's going what's going on. And we know that with men particularly, uh, they are you know if there are issues there that can be a main factor in terms of repeat miscarriage, repeat failed IVF cycles. So that is my top tip: is to let's go back to basics. And we very much have an integrative approach to to reproductive um, reflexology so we have lots of collaborative partners we engage with the medical profession we send our uh, our clients our patients on for further testing because that means that they get um, a patient-centered approach which is key to this Sarah Banks and what do you do I am a fertility coach. I work with fertility clinics to increase their emotional support. So I do workshops on how patients feel and better ways that staff in clinics can support them. And I help them develop um, emotional support strategies as well so that they can better support patients because I believe that emotional support should be given by all staff to all patients at all times. It's not just about having a counsellor, it's about full emotional support. So I work with clinics to to develop that. I think the main things I would say to people are look after yourself so make sure you're planning things in that you that make you smile, that make you feel good because I think when you're going through treatment you forget all of that, you stop doing the things you enjoy doing, you stop seeing friends but it's really important even if it's just one small thing a day just to look forward to or something that makes you smile rather than your whole day being focused on this negative thing that you don't have so really try and put the focus on you on doing something that you enjoy that's not related to trying for a baby like if it's if you enjoy going to the cinema go to the cinema if you just like 10 minutes to yourself go and sit somewhere quiet read a book have 10 minutes with with a cup of tea you know a friend that's really understanding book in to see a friend you know try and do something small each day whether that's yoga or pilates you know it's difficult there's a lot of activities unfortunately you can't do at certain points of treatment and you maybe don't want to go out with friends if they're drinking or might ask questions so it's finding the things that you really enjoy that put the focus on you if you like going for a facial book a facial in once a month you know do the small things it doesn't have to be expensive because we know you know the financial strains of going through IVF so it's trying to find little things but create a plan for it 
And I found out when I've spoken to coaching clients that actually they're like, yeah, actually that makes sense. And, you know, I just have these really negative days where I've got appointments and this and that. We used to go for a Costa coffee when we went for appointments. We get a Costa and yeah, it's not a major thing. And yeah, it was decaf, but it just meant that we were having a nice coffee. And it just, you know, if you can do go for lunch together after you've had certain appointments, just something where it makes you feel a bit better and it, it makes it slightly... The journey slightly better than you're on. I'm Melanie Brown, um, nutritionist. I'm Melanie Brown, um, nutritionist. And you specialised in? I specialise in fertility and um, pregnancy and I'm particularly interested in male fertility. As anybody who reads my Instagrams, the 2.5 people that read my Instagrams might find out that sperm is one of my big interests. You just love sperm. I love sperm, and it's, I do, I love sperm. It's just such an interesting cell, because it, it has to do so much, and it, has, it requires so much energy, and so nutrition is such an important part of both partners' fertility, but it's equally as important for men, and that's not really recognised so much nowadays. Very much so, and there's a big push at the moment, isn't there? There is, yeah. There's a big push by the media, so all the newspapers are on the subject, are writing about male fertility. It's kind of sexy subject at the moment, but possibly the IVF clinics are not reading the newspapers quite as much as they should be. Why do you say that? Well, because IVF clinics still ignore the male role, largely, and the male factor in fertility is largely ignored, and, and ICSI is the solution. And then it's always the woman's issue, it's your knackered old eggs, or your knackered old immunes, or you know, your endometriosis, or your polycystic ovaries. And even if there is a known male factor, it's still ignored, and I feel really strongly about that. So what are your top tips, Melanie Brown, for people going through this? <laughs> Obviously, I would say looking after your diet is really important um, and just eating well, not too much sugar, not too much crap, not too much alcohol. But I do, I do think it's really important to be able to go out for dinner once a week. Most of my clients are in their 30s and you should be having the time of your life in your 30s and not thinking, oh my God, is that going to damage my eggs? And oh my God, don't have that glass of wine because it's going to kill off all your sperm. It actually isn't. So if you want to go out and have a burger and chips and a glass of really good red wine, that would be one of my top tips. So long as the rest of the time you're eating pretty well. So you go for an 80-20? I go for an 80-20, and 80% is quite a big ask. When I see people, I do kind of give them fairly, fairly, a fairly strongly disciplined regime, but with the caveat that you've got to let it go sometimes and you've got to have a good time, especially in your 30s. God, really in your 30s. Get your sleep. I can't tell you how much I think sleep affects so many aspects of fertility from stress, stress management, just being tired is not very good. But also your, your, sleep, your, your sleep dictates to a certain extent your reproductive hormones and the way your body mends the cells. So if you think of your eggs and sperm cells, they need a certain amount of time for all the sleep cycles to kick in, for all the mending and repairing of the damage that goes on in the day. And we know so much more about how the circadian rhythms affect the 24-hour the body clock, affects 
hormones and, and just about everything. So getting your sleep is really important. So put your Netflix and your Facebook away. No bedrooms are for sleep and sex only. I want to speak to you properly on the podcast, Mel, because I think we need to do a whole episode on this, actually. I'd love to, Alice. There's no stopping me once I get going. <laughs> I know. I know. And I have had a consultation with you, and it's amazing. So anyone listening to this, you, um, you should definitely check out Mel's work because she is fantastic. Anything else you want to say right now, Mel? I've actually just been to a very interesting talk here at the Fertility Show, which I was very keen on seeing, because it was given by a man who was talking about his own infertility experience. It was male factor and how impossible it was for him to find anybody to talk to about it. And he bottled it up like men do, and I know I'm being a bit general here, but women, we have so many forums and chat groups and Facebook groups and Instagram and that you can share everything and women are so good at sharing their most intimate details and asking for help and it just doesn't happen with with men and so if there are any men out there listening to this then there are there are there are now groups that um, I'm going to get Alice to will put them up on this pod, podcast but this particular man called Richard Clothier he is extremely good person to listen to if you can listen to any of his talks and they have a closed Facebook group for men only, no women allowed but that's good because they just want to talk to each other and help each other and I think that's really important and it's hard for the female partners to deal with the whole thing of infertility but then to have to deal with your male partner who will retreat into himself often and not be able to share it and often when you're just upset yourself as a woman and you're going through you're worried and you just wake up in the 4am and think oh my god what's going to happen what am I going to do and then you know that you have to support your your husband or your partner as well sometimes it's just too much to bear for couples to be on their own in this I'm Claire Langer and I'm Lemonade Baby on Instagram and I'm Dan Mr. Lemonade Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Right, tell me how you're getting on, guys. What do you think so far of this? Um, Enjoying it. Bumped into lots of um, familiar faces. Um, I went to listen to Jessica Hepburn, and she was inspiring and supportive as always. Um, And, yeah, we're just going to wander up and down and see as much as we can. What about you? How are you finding it, being being a medical professional yourself? Yeah, I, th- I think it's always tricky because from the working in the NHS and I don't do any private work, going to a, a medical show, if you like, where everyone's trying to sell you services, it's always... I'm, I'm, I'm sceptical but also intrigued to see and, and, you know, knowing how to interpret a lot of evidence and knowing where there's not a lot of evidence... Yeah, it's, it's 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 a tricky one, but I'm interested. So we'll see. What? How? Like, do you think they've got the vibe right? Like, do you feel relaxed? Do you feel comfortable? Or do you just feel a bit bamboozled? <laughs> I, I feel really relaxed. I think you just have to be really good at knowing what you want, what you're interested in, and know how to end the conversation if you're getting a bit of sales spiel. Yeah. Um, and just use the show for what it's good for you what you know you don't have to do every stand you don't have to talk to every person just pick and choose yeah yeah same and no one's pushing pushing their sales onto you which is good so yeah you feel quite free to wander around and 
no one's hassling you. Yeah, and like we just went to a company who um, manufacture embryoscopes and embryo glue, and we know that our clinic provide that as standard, and that's actually something that we only just found out, and we've been having treatment there for 18 months, um, and now we've just seen a bit of behind the scenes, so it's brilliant. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think it's really nice that there are talks and seminars as well where you can go and sit and kind of listen. I haven't actually been to one yet, <laughs> but you've just been to one, and with Jessica Hepler. Yeah, and uh, Dan, you went to one? I did, uh, about overseas clinics. Okay, which you were on the fence about. Yeah, on, on the fence. Um, yeah, some of it was positive and uh, some of it was very interesting. The one about Spain, uh, well, it was very much, they initially showed their success rates for over 35-year-olds, which were awful. And then it was all about, so therefore we like egg donation and the rest of the talk was about we recommend egg donation, which was a very different approach and quite um, alarming actually. But we're going to a couple more seminars, uh, male infertility, something to do with male infertility, and I can't remember the other one. I think my impression so far is that actually, because I'm all about empowering people through this, mm. and I think a big part of that is just being informed yeah. and understanding what your options yeah. are. Definitely. And so from that perspective, yeah, it's, it's brilliant, yeah. because you can come and just go, right, what is actually out there? Yeah. I think the IVF Babble Girls have done an amazing job. Have you been to the lounge yet? Not yet. We walked past, we, we didn't see it. But actually, um, Jessica Hepburn's top tip of her nine tips for surviving uh, the fertility process, the first tip was to come to the fertility show. Amazing. Because it's just such a great start for yeah. support, emotional support, practical support, information, like you said. Meeting people. Yeah. Our virtual Instagram friends. Yeah. Our real friends. True. Nice day out. <laughs> yeah, why not? Come to a Yeah, it's such a minefield, isn't it? And I guess it's helped you select the right options, perhaps. Yeah, I think there's just so many people doing this incredible work, and I'm just trying to speak to as many of them as possible because they've all got these little pearls of wisdom which are so useful to kind of absorb and just kind of have in your mindset as you go through this. Now it's a bit of a bumper episode this one because I'm now going to share a lovely chat that I had with the wonderful Emma and Gabby from Big Fat Negative podcast and I think what's so amazing about the trying to conceive community is that it's so supportive even when it comes to competitive work I mean we are essentially competitors but they've had me on their podcast which I'm so grateful for and I really wanted to talk to them on mine too because what they are doing is so empowering which is exactly what this podcast focuses on and I really wanted to ask them a few questions about how it came to be and how it's changed how they're experiencing their current fertility issues and I really really hope you enjoy it. So here we are sitting on the bed. We're chilled. Hello. This is funny because it's you guys on my podcast. Yeah. And I'm used to listening to you on your podcast. Here we are. But we're all here. Big breakfast style on Alice's bed. Oh, it's so cosy. It is cosy and it's like being a teenager again when we all used to lie on the bed and talk about sex. Exactly. Same, same, but different. Yeah. And it's so fun talking about sex on the bed, (laughs) isn't it? Let's not get started on TTC sex though, because oh, no. that's yeah. Well, you not... wrote an article about that. Didn't I you? did, I did. Yeah, it's um, it's a funny old business, isn't it? 
Tell me about your article that you wrote. I want for the people that haven't read it. What did you uh, focus on on that? So I um, there's, there's another podcast called the Hotbed Collective, which is all about sex and women talking about it in a safe space. And so I wrote a little bit about TTC sex and the kind of ridiculousness of it and how kind of you know all of the kind of old foreplay kind of goes out the window and is replaced with apps that tell you when to shag and <laughs> and you're kind of slave to the app and like input things straight away after you've had sex instead of you know seductively rolling over and lighting a cigarette um so yeah it's it was a fun bit um yeah I enjoyed writing about it it was funny never written about sex before so yeah Uh, it was good I have I was recently asked to write 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 an article about sex as well and I felt really funny about doing I've done it and I think it's gonna be out in a few months they're they're kind of hanging on to it for some reason um but yeah it felt quite while I'm really open about everything mm-hmm. pretty much I was kind of like ooh can I write can I write about this and yeah. I actually had to ask Simon my oh, husband yeah. oh. I was like is this, is this okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can I talk about, can I, talk about do you know what I do do that quite often with the with our podcast I just have to check with my other half and just be like is it okay that I'm saying this about you yeah yeah oh same here because I tell a lot of stories about my husband um and yeah same with the article I ran it past him and and I did say like some of this is exaggerated for comic effect so you know and he was he was comfortable with that but he didn't want me to share it on my Facebook so all of my family would read it (laughs) (laughs) you know that's the first thing that came into my head was like when I share this article, my dad's going to read yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly. weird, isn't exactly. it? He'd be listening to this too. He's really supportive well, by dad. My parents listen to <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> my parents, like, my family and colleagues listen to our podcast. Mm. Like, we talk about cervical mucus on yeah. a weekly basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, huh. Yeah, my dad was like, where can I listen to this blog? And uh, which is what old people tend to say. Love a dad. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, you can listen to it, but you might not want to, to be perfectly honest. So he's kind of, he just looks at the pictures. (laughs) He likes them on Instagram. Like the York notes of the blog. Yeah, Yeah, the the blog. The abridged version. (laughs) Really enjoying your blog. (laughs) I love your dad has a posh accent there. Yeah, he doesn't sound like that at all. He's got a a Scouse accent. But it's a really good point, isn't it? Because even today I shared 10 fertility facts about mm. me. And I wasn't really planning to. And then Kate Meekin um, shared hers and was asking people to share them. So I thought, okay, I'll share mine. And I just popped them out. And actually I was like, oh, I haven't really... Although I obviously talk about fertility all the time, I actually don't really go into detail about my the ins and outs. Your journey. Of my journey. Mm, your journey. Um, and obviously mm. I did with you guys on, on your yeah. podcast. But I actually don't talk about it that much on, on with what I'm doing. Um, and so it did feel quite, I felt quite exposed when I did yeah. that and quite naked. So <laughs> Is it quite cathartic? Because that's how, I think that's how we find it yeah. in, in ours, because we just get it all out there. And whenever something bad happens, I'm like, that's great content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just turn it around immediately into something good. <laughs> that's what we text each other, isn't it? Like yeah. when bad stuff happens, it's like content. <laughs> Everything is content. <laughs> so that, let's talk about that then, because obviously this is really amazing what you've done with something that's so shit and so hard and tell me about the genesis of BFN like how did this come to pass do you know what I was thinking about this the other day and I am not sure I remember fully I went through two years of infertility and I like began did IVF for a year and then Gabby like I think you sidled up to me like at a party you were having and you were like 
I've been trying for a baby for a year and it's not happening. And I was like, mm. oh no, yes. <laughs> well, I think I, I remember when you were going through it in, um, to begin with, you said to me, oh, I'd love to do a podcast about it. And I remember thinking, God, that's a great idea. Emma should definitely do that. I'm being a little bit jealous. Um, and then <laughs> I think right. fast forward a year later and, and I was in the same position. And I think we were on, we were on a little holiday together. Uh, was it, was it? At the seaside. We go on annual holidays. Yeah. The Cu- two of you. Well, no, it's the, it, it's the four of us and then another couple. Oh. And we call it the couple's retreat. Oh, and we nice. always just drink like vast quantities of alcohol. Well, it helps that one of the guys that comes with us is a wine broker. <laughs> yeah, so he always brings a, a swathe of delicious vino. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we were there and I said to you, I said, like, we should do this. We should do the podcast that you know what I said is, you should do the podcast and I'll come on one of the episodes. And then you were like, let's do it together. Yeah. So that's, um, that's how it started. Oh, I've forgotten that. Yeah. Oh. I love it. So then what happened with actually getting it together how did it feel when you kind of got your artwork together and launched your first episode was that really exciting I think it was quite surreal because I'd done a podcast before but I did it for my job and so I used to spend like maybe mm, one day a week like maybe two afternoons a week working on it so never really thought about it and then we decided we were going to try and record like five or six episodes before it we put it out and I suddenly realised how much work it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more work for you because you do the editing. Yeah, but we, you were organising all the people and also nagging your husband into doing the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> and we did a photo shoot, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is really embarrassing. We got told off by someone. Oh. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, we got caught doing a gorilla shoot somewhere that you traditionally have to pay £500 to do shoots in. <laughs> and we were just doing it on the fly. <laughs> it was quite a bit of trouble. They were like, are you using this professionally? We were like, no, it's just for Instagram, which yeah. it was. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, you're um, not making money from your podcast, no, are you? No, so. no. No, not yet. Totally amateur, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not making any money, but well, we'd like to. <laughs> yeah, if anyone, so. if anybody wants to give us some money so we can just sit around and do this all day, uh, like, we'll do your podcast a day. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, here, here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it felt really, felt really good. It felt for me, I was like doing something creative out of yeah. out of what is a, a shit situation. Just felt so good, and it it got me really energized and excited, and it all of a sudden made what was happening not as bad. It kind of yeah. It, it, as you say, it, everything turns into content and it, everything's a good story now. So It's Nora Ephron. Exactly. Nora Ephron said everything is copy. Everything is copy. Yeah, and it's true. I think I feel really similarly in that once I started sharing my stuff just on, just on Instagram before mm-hmm. I started doing podcasts, it just felt like you've really, you'd really taken ownership of what had happened yeah. and what was happening mm. and actually that's so empowering isn't it and mm. this, this podcast is all about trying to empower people going through fertility and yeah. mm-hmm. actually I really just recently had a conversation with somebody who contacted me contacted me on Instagram and just wanted to have a chat so we spoke on the phone which was really nice love this community for that mm. when do you randomly just speak to people who you've never met on the it's phone crazy. just for a, just for a chat yeah it's really nice we just had a chat oh. and um and she was saying you know I really I, really want to do something with what's happened and I'm not sure what that's going to be yet but I know now that she's starting a blog and I think that's really exciting and yeah. really mm. brilliant that people everywhere are kind of going right no this is shit but what yeah. can I do that's going to make it better do something creative. I did do a blog for a while but 
the only time I wrote it was when it was like really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so this vlog makes me just sound like borderline suicidal <laughs> all the time. I read back over it the other day and was like, what is wrong with me? Whereas this, we've got, A, I'm with Gabby, so I can't be like, I'm thinking about topping myself because <laughs> she'd probably refer me on to someone else. But also, because we have to do it every week, hopefully we're giving people an idea of really what it is like and most of it. Like the last two weeks have just been us being like, got nothing to say really like we yeah because we're waiting we're in the waiting phase and that's like 90% of IVF is just sitting around waiting for something to happen and what do you do in those times yeah. of waiting we make jokes about jizz with each other <laughs> talk about jizz yeah and, uh, uh, yeah. and feverishly order that... things off amazon yeah, and yeah. read books and yeah yeah that's yeah. that's what it's been like and I think that's that's a massive part of it the fact that you have each other mm. yeah absolutely is incredible and that female mm. friendship and the solidarity and the sisterhood and all yeah. of that and we are we're lucky because we you know we were good mates before yeah and and yeah to have each other kind of going through the same thing at the same time it is really special and it's obviously not something that everyone has so no. I do feel quite lucky it was I've got to say it's completely changed how I've experienced infertility because like the first year was me turning to my friends and being like this is horrible and then being like oh and like and they want to help but they don't have an, any idea of what it's like um of the like monthly cycle of grief um but then suddenly someone comes along and they're like I get it and you're like what <laughs> cool yeah <laughs> and then you're just like you know and then like you'll text me when somebody tells you to relax and yeah, I'll text furiously. you and I'm being made to wait for an hour in my clinic and then they forgot to book an appointment oh, yeah and God. It's an understanding sounding board, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I think for me as well, so I, when we started the podcast, I didn't know I was going to be doing IVF. I was still just trying naturally. And then I found out in the course of the podcast that I would be doing IVF. And I think that having the podcast and having Emma just made me feel so much more prepared for what's mm. coming. I feel like, it, as you say, it's kind of empowering. Like, I feel like I have a good knowledge base now. I have, you know, I've met this community of people that is very supportive. So yeah, I think it's, been huge for me in that sense god knows what i'd be thinking otherwise yeah i just bumbled into ivf i was like la 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 it's gonna work la 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 didn't work <laughs> it was quite a shock hasn't worked yet <laughs> hasn't worked yet so but so many people do do that don't they because yeah. they don't actually they, well, because you only hear success stories mm. you really do you don't you very rarely outside of this community hear people being like oh yeah i did ivf and it was awful mm. and, like i had a really hard time it was emotionally like horrible Mm. you just hear people being like it worked mm. and you're like well done yeah <laughs> but that's what I found hard as well before we had IVF success was actually hearing people tell me about the IVF success stories yeah. I just thought I just thought you're just telling me about another baby yeah. you're just telling me about another pregnancy yeah yeah, yeah. it's mm. not helpful for me I know when people are like oh yeah my friend um did IVF and she got quadruplet down to it <laughs> and she only put one embryo in and you're like <laughs> <laughs> great well well done to them in the meantime I am not doing that but do you know what happened a few months ago one of my f so the wife of somebody that I knew at school was having trouble conceiving and like one of my friends had been telling me about this and um and I said that if you want to put her on to me that's fine and I like I didn't hear from her at all and um and my friend was telling me, you know, they've been referred for IVF, they're at the same clinic as you. And I was like, dude, put her on to me. I want to chat to her. Like <laughs> um and and nothing happened still. 
And then my friend went quiet and I was like, oh, what happened? And she was like, oh, actually, they got to the point where they were about to do IVF and she got pregnant. And I was like, thank you for not telling me. Mm. Like, thank you for not being like, guess what happened? Could happen to you. Mm. I was like, actually, now, like, I feel like you really get that that is quite a hard thing to say. Mm. So that was nice. Yeah, that's good. Mm. And this might be quite a hard question, but what might happen to your dynamic if one of you gets pregnant? And obviously you must have considered that. We have, that's a good question, Alice. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do start talking about it and we're like... Mm. Yeah, it's, it has come up, it's come up a few times. Um, and yeah, we always kind of... We don't really have an answer for it because I think, I think the answer will depend on emotionally how whichever one of us is feeling yeah. um so it's kind of we, d- we do need to have a plan in place but we currently don't I think the person who is is the pregnant one will be the one who has to react well who has to who has to like shoulder the emotional burden the other one can get angry can like throw things can like refuse to do the podcast mm. <laughs> hi it's Emma here I didn't let Gabby into my house <laughs> I'm doing this podcast by myself. Um, <laughs> She's gone. Forget about her. Yeah. No, but I think it will be down to the person who is pregnant to kind of figure out how it's going to work. Like, it will be down to them to be like, right, if Here you don't want to see me for a while. Yeah, exactly. And like, my best friend did that, you know. She was like, if you don't want to see me for the next nine months, that's fine by me. We've known each other for 20 years. I get it. But I think the bigger problem would be when the baby comes along, like, will you have any time to record <laughs> bloody podcasts? Or will you be like, can we do one about how awful motherhood is? Yeah, well, we were, so we were thinking the plan was if we both got pregnant at the same time, which my auntie has had a dream about, so who knows, maybe it's true. Yeah. We're going um, to have Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> um, the plan was to switch it to maybe big fat positive. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. The, the, the annoying news is that someone else has beaten us to it. There's yeah. already a podcast called Big Fat Positive. Yeah. How rude. I know. How dare they? I know. <laughs> is it about infertility? Of no, it's about like being really smug about being pregnant. Oh, <laughs> sh- fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I will be if I ever get <laughs> pregnant, but maybe we should just call it Smogcast. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, it's so, yeah. a really complex topic though, isn't it? Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, but I, I think, I think you're, you're right that, that you can't really, you, you, you don't know how that's going to be no. because you don't know how that is going to come to pass and you don't know, you don't know anything really about how you're going to feel when that does happen mm-hmm. so it's probably a good idea to just keep just going just as you're going and yeah. yeah exactly um and I think you know it's it, I mean not everyone has a podcast but I think there's lots of people that go through that who you know have been part of the community and then have had success and yeah. then don't really know if they can still contribute to the, to yeah. the community and I think our, everyone's stock answer seems to be of course you can you know you're I think you can I think once you've gone through infertility like if somebody that I know who's going through infertility gets a positive and cat strawbridge is the obvious one here trying years um I just feel so unbelievably happy for them like I don't feel any of the normal like bitterness and like horrible jealousy I just feel like super happy and why do you think that is do you think that's because you know you've got you've had that communication you know that journey that they've been on they've been Mm. through the struggle yeah yeah because there's lots of people i've um friends of friends who are going through ivf who haven't even told their parents or their friends and i'm just like that's madness like and i know that i broadcast it to 
you know. literally broadcast it <laughs> you know, however many people but I mean just not telling your family just seems bonkers to me yeah I, it, it's weird it's like a matter of your relationship with your family I guess and mm. I don't know how I'd feel if I had like five brothers and sisters and they all had like 30 kids like well, maybe I then would want to hide it but maybe it's just your personality type I can't keep secrets I'm mm. terrible at it yeah, I just are. spill them they just come out of my mouth also we're <laughs> trying to break the taboo here and yeah. I think there's a job to be done there and so hearing people that aren't telling people that's like oh, okay so you're just so you're ashamed the taboo, are you? yeah, yeah it's affecting you yeah like we've got to push past this it shouldn't mm. be a taboo you should be able to talk about it um yeah but I just think some people can't handle that like some people can't and there's loads of people who are part of our community who've got anonymous Mm. Instagram accounts that's true um because they just can't and that's all right yeah totally and I think we're the gobby ones yeah we're the gobby ones (laughs) and it does depend on your personality type and some people are you know born to talk about stuff and some people are you know born to do other stuff (laughs) so I think it's you do have to do whatever's right for you and you have to was that thunder really sounds like thunder (laughs) oh wow that definitely is thunder atmospheric halloween music (laughs) can you guys hear (laughs) (laughs) um yeah anyway so doing what you need to do is totally cool and actually letting People like us who are happy to kind of be the gobby ones, yeah. just do it. We do it for yeah. you. Yeah, do it on your behalf kind of thing. But let's talk about community again, because okay. you obviously had your article published yeah, in the this pool. week, was it? Or last week? Last week. Last week, last yeah. week. Um, by The Pool, which was such a wonderful article all about T2C community. It was such a nice thing, because I don't get to write about stuff like that ever, because I'm a journalist, but I write about finance, so all I get to write about is like bonds and... <laughs> and stuff which is like I enjoy but it's quite nice to write about my emotions sometimes feelings yeah but I was quite daunted by it I was like I want to write a piece but I haven't written like this for like years and years and years and then I got like the editor was like yeah you should write it and I was like shit (laughs) now I have to write it um and then but then it just like came out it just it was so easy to write it was just like Almost no effort. Yeah. Mm. Because it's such a authentic... Is this coming from me or is it... Can you guys hear this? No, it's it's um, definitely fireworks. Oh! <laughs> and I only know that because the kids in our neighbourhood... I live in Notting Hill. Like, it's fancy. But the kids in our neighbourhood still love letting off fireworks. Oh, and it's not even November. That is some serious fireworks. It is quite Right, sorry for the fireworks, but hopefully it will add to the atmosphere. It's a celebratory mood in the room. Yeah, exactly. Um... Um, yeah, no, such authenticity in that in that article, and mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of heard that and yeah. got that. God, I'm sorry, I can't concentrate with fireworks. <laughs> They're quite intense. Either it's fireworks or it's Armageddon, like one of those two things. <laughs> sounds like World War II. Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe you get in the basement. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, um, well, the fact that you were writing about the community. The community. And then it came out, and I think everyone was just... Like, yeah. yes, she's put into words how we all feel. And yeah. so everyone, again, kind of rushed around it. And it was, yeah. yeah, it was a good moment, I think, for everyone involved. We were all like, yeah, Emma, yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I got so many emails from people who were like, thank you so much. Like, I didn't even realise this existed. 
Um, I think this is, yeah, I think that's so great. But yeah. some, it was published outside the echo chamber, and I mm, really yeah. yeah, trying to get this outside yeah. of, and the community is a wonderful thing, but you know, we're all kind of in it so yeah. much that yeah. we, we think everyone knows about it. Yeah. But there, the are, there are millions of people going through this. Millions. And I actually did a calculation which I put in um, my blog about how to support people going through fertility problems um, because I wanted to try and get an idea of the number of people who actually needed to understand Mm -hmm. how to support people. Mm. So I was like, right, if you have 3.5 million people who are affected by fertility problems and say everyone's got like three people close to them, say your your Mm mum, your sibling, your friend... Mm minimum three people yeah. affected by your experience your as well exactly but we'll go with the three because that's my calculation yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> partners are probably part of it yeah they're kind of like part of it yeah. um you know that's that's an extra 10.5 million people so that's 14 million people yeah. and that doesn't take into account you know the medical professionals mm. or the receptionists mm-hmm. or the sonographers I mean, there are like millions and millions and millions of people who actually need to hear about this stuff, which is why doing podcasts and writing articles is also so important. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, yes, the T2C community is absolutely brilliant. And for the people going through it, that's, that's where it's at. And then for the wider project of kind of trying to change the conversation around fertility. Yeah, absolutely. It's doing articles like... You're one. Well, we just need commissioning editors to accept some more pictures, don't we? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, we Commissioning do. editors, accept more pictures. <laughs> but doing, so talking about just turning things around and kind of using like the crap stuff as content, mm. how does that make you feel kind of, you know, going into treatment and stuff? Like most of the time, great. Like, most of the time, it's just basically Gabby and I sit down and have a therapy session, like, at least once a week, normally more. Um, Sometimes I'm so tired, all I want to do is just go to bed and not talk to anyone. And that, those are probably the best ones that we've done, is just, like, after, now my three rounds of being (laughs) cancelled. It's just me feeling, like, raw Mm. and tired and, like you've had moments like where you've it's just all got on top of you yeah yeah exactly I think I've um well I struggled a little bit with work stresses and then like you know be days where I just be crying at work because I've got my period or whatever and yeah Mm -hmm. and having somewhere to go and just talk it through yeah it's definitely definitely helped yeah I think just sharing all of the ups and downs that you Mm -hmm. do is so validating for people mm. listening, isn't mm. it? Yeah. I hope so. I hope they don't find us boring. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not, not like, oh, I'm sure we've heard this before. Oh, is it? Is it Emma <laughs> whining about her womb? <laughs> oh, they're just crying at their desks again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's, like, that's part of it, isn't it? It's try, yeah. trying to like share that kind yeah. of relentlessness of it. It's, it is. It's repetitive. It's relentless. It's boring. I hope you have this boring. There's something fun or sexy about it. Like, I watched Private Life on Netflix the other day, and it's about a couple doing IVF. And they've got all the sexy, like, interesting bits and condense them into two hours, and it's still, like, a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's two hours long. <laughs> I find myself struggling to kind of absorb any fertility-related content outside of 
the stuff that I do, mm. yeah. which is kind of bad because I feel like I should be watching all the films and documentaries and everything that's oh, out there. But... You know what, though? When you sit down to watch a film <sighs> with your other half, sometimes it needs to be escape, not yeah. just a mirror back at you. You need <laughs> yeah. something oh. else. <laughs> I just, I can't do it. I, like, I can't. It took me ages to watch Private Life because I just couldn't face it. Because sometimes I just need to, like, go to bed and think about, like, puppies and kittens and not think about... Yeah. Actually, puppies and kittens. No, dogs and cats. No babies. Um, <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, I just need to, like, go out with my friends. And I, I do think it's very easy to get completely consumed by mm. this. And I just, like... Yeah, it's good to have a break. Yeah, like, today I just had to focus on work all day and you looked after social media thank you no, no problem um, <laughs> but we we almost do that without having to say anything to each other oh mm. god I'm so jealous yeah like, anyone yeah. wants to come and like oh, oh, god. Maybe the other half yeah. of my project yeah. you need a creative <laughs> partner you're so oh, good god. at it you're like oh you keep that momentum going really well yeah. yeah but that you know that that I have to watch that because you know and I, I'll talk about this a bit um in the intro because I did get to a burnout phase a mm. couple of weeks ago and I just it all just got too much and mm-hmm. I realized that I was doing so much that I, I was letting myself get panicky because yeah. I was like no no I must do this and I must do that and, and I was like well I'm not even listening to my own advice like I mm. need to start doing what I talk about all the time for people going through fertility stuff mm. I actually need to do that just for life stuff yeah. actually so really important to take a break and I've kind of really actively put yeah. strategies in place now over the last couple of weeks and I feel so good, much better. Yeah. You always said to me when we started, like, this is not meant to be stressful. If at any point we feel intensely yeah. stressed, we need to remind ourselves why we're doing it and it's not to stress us out. Yeah, like, We already have full-time jobs. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to be worried about another one. So we so. probably will take, sorry guys, but we probably will take a bit of a break over Christmas. Like a few weeks. Absolutely. And well deserved. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, I was thinking the exact same thing yeah. today. I was like, I think I might do like a few more of these and then yeah, I'm going to yeah. have a break. And it's a Christmas break, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a dearth of people whining about their infertility <laughs> online for a few weeks. But before Christmas, you have your meetup. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Which I'm really excited about. So, do you want to tell everyone when that is? So, it is the 7th of December. Yes. At seven o'clock. We like sevens. We like sevens. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the Old Queen's Head in Islington, there is an Eventbrite link on our tw- Instagram. And also... Twinstagram. Uh, Twinstagram. <laughs> yeah. There's No, there's one on our Instagram. There's supposed to be one on our website, but the firewall at my work blocked it so I can't get on it it is it is oh it is it's on the website oh thanks mate um see uh, (laughs) (laughs) um yeah the thing is unfortunately we've got a kind of limit of the amount of people and we've already sold out of tickets almost I added 20 today and I didn't think we got loads of orders today so there's more left yeah but um but yeah it's gonna be really fun and we're not gonna like we're not going to do anything. There's going to be no, like, pressure to do anything. There's no content. We're just going to have loads of people standing in a room drinking and talking about whatever they want. And if they want to talk about not being able to make a baby, then that's what they can talk about. And if they want to talk about, like, the hot guy standing on the other side of the bar, they can do that too. Absolutely. Even though, like, half of them will be married. <laughs> we can still look. Yeah, we can look. A girl can look. A girl can look. Um... Even if the tickets are sold out, I thought it was good to mention that you're doing this because it's another really cool thing that's come out of a shit yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Getting together. I just hope people come. 
People do you ever do that? You like plan oh, a party yeah. and then you're like, no, yeah, it's yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. Where are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the panic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've been doing my first event and then the subsequent event in Bristol that I did was terrifying. Mm. Yeah. Totally terrifying. You think, what the hell am I doing? But you had yeah. a great response. So I did, yeah. That that yeah. But it's very, um, you know, I think what, what you're, you're doing is really, um, it's really groundbreaking and it's really, really exciting and it's really, really positive, even though it's BFN. Yeah. It's, you know, conversely, such a positive project. Um, oh, thank so you. Congratulations. Yeah, and you, Alice. Yes, exactly. Oh, thanks, guys. Such a lot, of, a lot of love on this <laughs> That's a lot of love. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone wants to find out about you guys, yeah. they can find you. Um, bigfatnegative.com. Um, at bigfatnegative on Instagram and Twitter. Gabby usually does this, so I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can email us. <laughs> Bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and let's not forget Facebook, oh, which yeah. we do we forget, always forget oh, most Facebook. of the time. <laughs> to be honest, our Instagram is where it's at. Like, yeah. everywhere else, we haven't got many followers on Twitter. We no. don't really do Facebook that much. But no. they are there, so, so feel free to support those as well. Yeah, but, but we're Big Fat Negative on Facebook as well. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much Aww. for coming and sitting Ooh. on my bed tonight. It's been Hi. so nice. Yeah. Having a nice chat. Thanks for having yeah. us. Cheers, guys. Bye. We have covered so much in this episode. I'm actually wondering how I'm going to sum up everything in the show notes, but I hope that, as usual, you have found it comforting supportive empowering and if you have got any value from it i would really really be so thrilled if you could leave me a rating or review on the apple podcast and if you listen to it from anywhere else then just drop me a line on instagram or send me an email i really really do love hearing from you and just huge thanks for being here and for listening i really do appreciate every single message every single listener And I wish you all the best for today and always take care.